3: everybody and welcome back to another episode of don't blame me oh what was that noise is that me hear it, i guess um, so i think that was me
4: okay
3: well um i don't know if you're listening to this in the morning but if you are watching our episode videos available on patreon i think you can tell just by my face that it is morning so good morning but not everybody just morning
5: any morning so we like <laughs> usually record these a couple weeks ahead of time but we knew that this would be coming out the monday after the election so we waited to see what our mood would be for the episode we (laughs) didn't want to have
3: it be like hello yeah
5: so this is the day this is literally wednesday after the election yeah
3: and currently wrapping my um biden harris shirt this sweatshirt Mm -hmm. this is from phenomenal um <laughs> they're in my heart. Love love. Um And, uh, yeah, I'm having my morning coffee. So we're waking up, you're waking up with us. So hopefully you're listening to this in the morning and you can also be drinking your coffee and, um, becoming human with (laughs) us. Um, if you're new here, this is don't blame me. We're an advice podcast. Uh, we listen to your voicemails, you call in, and then we give you advice based on our own personal life experiences and our own very strong opinions. You know, we throw in some humor now. I mean, I was going to say now and again, but kind of always. But some um, people
5: don't appreciate it. But
3: <laughs> some people don't, and also some people do do not appreciate our honesty yeah. and our frankness. Uh, we are the friends that you go to when you actually like want advice, not the ones who just are there to be like, yes, like do whatever you want, like hyping you up when you know maybe you need some more constructive feedback. So don't take it too personally. Don't blame me. <laughs> um and um oh yeah I'm Megan Ranks hello hi what's up if you're new and my co-host Melissa D Mons, who is matching hello. with me yeah we didn't plan it nice That, that sounded colors. like we
5: did but like we actually didn't
3: <laughs> oh no no literally when I say that this like Melissa texted to me at like what nine oh five and you said yeah coming and I literally like woke up by that. And then saw I was like, and then had like the calendar notification, podcast recording now, and I was like, oh shit! So <laughs> I haven't washed my face. I've
5: not brushed my teeth. Drinking oh, my coffee,
3: might have to take a poop break. How does during like, the real break?
5: How does like a uh, coffee and unbrushed teeth go? Better than coffee and brushed teeth. I cannot eat or drink anything until I brush my teeth for the day. Like
3: mm-mm. I'm, I'm like, I have to. I have to drink my coffee before I brush my teeth because I hate that. But also, I guess I could do it when I'm home now. I just can't. I have to brush my teeth immediately after coffee mm-hmm. like that. Like I, I also have to brush my teeth. We, we're the same. We just, I brush my teeth after I eat I anything. I brush my
5: teeth multiple times a day. But too. I just don't like the taste of like nighttime and food or drink.
3: No, that's yeah. I think coffee has
5: like coffee oh, is no. associated with that taste to me though yeah well i don't drink coffee so yeah. there's that too so <laughs>
3: uh well um oh if you guys want to call into our podcast the phone number is 310-694-0976 and international listeners you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com uh, you have to be 18 or older to call or have your parents' permission. And um, voicemails all need to be under three minutes long. Our advice is to write it out and then read it. And also, once you write it out, you can practice. Mm-hmm. You can read it out loud, time yourself, and you can see also see if there's anything missing. Mm-hmm. See if you're adding in useless stuff and like missing some of the really important stuff. And um, it's just so much more nice to listen to as yeah. a listener. And we can give the best advice that way. We have an update before we get into the rest of our show. And again, if you are watching this, please excuse me because we filmed that before this. So I didn't even have two sips of coffee.
5: But let's let's talk to her. All right, guys. So we are with the caller from season six, episode 19, and she's going to take it away.
6: Okay, so basically I was the caller where... Um, I just found out that I have a half brother from my dad that, um, he's seven years older than me, wait, yes, seven years older than me. Um, and I just found out about maybe two, three months ago and I was basically calling to get advice of like how to deal with it. At the time, my dad was not really like owning up to anything at all, basically. He was just kind of like shoving it under the rug, kind of just blowing me off. Not cool. Um, And so, yeah, so now I feel like I kind of left a few things out. So I'm, I haven't always had the best relationship with my dad. Like there's been a lot when I was younger, my parents got divorced, whatever, but he actually got sick back in May. So he had a heart attack and a stroke. And so me and now he's my husband. I just got married a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. Oh, but we are actually living with my dad now. So it's been one of those things where like, you know, I can't just not talk to him. Even when I didn't want to talk to him, like I live with him. So I couldn't really avoid that. Um, But it's been a, it's been a, journey for sure it's like really not something that I expected to happen um but yeah it's been it's been intense and not expected at all
3: damn yeah that's so did you have a conversation with your dad like where where are you guys at now
6: like is he still kind of pushing it under the rug so I had It was like this whole thing and basically he was just kind of pushing it under the rug and I was so stressed with just, you know, work and then just life in general that I was like, I don't have the like mental capacity to argue about this Mm -hmm. if he's not like being honest about it. Um, And then one day it just kind of boiled over and I like lost my shit. Like I, it was just so like frustrating and i was so angry and i'm like you aren't owning up to anything at all so like i'm like he's like well what do you want from me i'm like well an apology and like to like own up to it and just say like i fucked up you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so he was kind of like well like i acknowledge it like basically i i acknowledge that he's my son but that's kind of all where he's left it so right now we're kind of at the place where like you know, obviously he knew about it. Um, I, my, my full brother, he's two years older than me. He has not gotten in contact with our half brother. Um, and he's kind of not really interested in like having a relationship, which I don't feel that way. I have talked to him and from what I know, my dad contacted him, tried to contact him when he was 13 and his Mm. mom was basically like, No, like it's too late. Yeah. So what was the conversation
5: like with your half brother?
6: He was just very open and not at all. I was really afraid of rejection. I was like so scared and like nervous. Like what if he doesn't want to talk to me or what if he didn't even know that I existed or whatever. But he's just from the very beginning, he's been nothing but open. And, you know, he wants to connect. He wants to meet me. Um, so I hope that'll happen one day. We don't talk very often, but you know, when we do, it's, it's all good. Oh, that's great. Is there any family resemblance? Oh yeah. God. I saw pictures of him. He looks just like my dad, like exactly. (laughs) And my dad was at the beginning, he was trying to say like, no, no, like (laughs) said it was someone else's kid. Like, he's not my kid. I'm like, but he looks just (laughs) like, like you're fucking with me right now, <laughs> like, this is your face. Yeah, I you fucking lied to me. Like I, you can't deny that. Like there's no way. So it's it's like uncanny how similar wow. is to my dad. It's crazy. Like this is stuff that happens on like Maury and Jerry. <laughs> I'm like, you are not a-? the father. This is like so bizarre. Like, who, like, I didn't realize that this shit happens in real life until it happened to me. So, but it's crazy. It's, it's a tough situation, but you know, making the best. Yeah.
3: I think, I think you, you like really, you very much are making the best of it. And I think, like, as obviously, like, you know, we never want to wish like bad relationships with like family members or anyone on anyone else. But I think, like, knowing that like you and your dad haven't always had the greatest relationship. And like, you guys are working on your relationship now also just kind of shows that like, whatever happens with like the relationship with you and your half brother, you and your dad can also continue to work on your relationship. Like you're, you know how to do that. Like, you know how to have, I think a lot of people with like their parents and stuff, like if something happens and they like have this image of them shattered, like they're not this like perfect person. And like, we're all like well into our twenties that can be so hard to recover from, but like knowing that like, okay, you've got flaws and all of this. And like, if I can get like a cool half brother out of it who wants to meet me and all of that stuff, I think that's great. And I'm sure he probably feels like the fact that he like knows all, like all of this stuff, like the fact that like you've reached out and like want to get to know him. I'm sure that feels if I were him, I would feel so like great about that. Cause you wouldn't usually think that that's the case. Like you would think that the kid who, didn't really grow up with the family usually is the one who's like hey let me reach out like to this like I want to be a part of the family versus like someone who feels like they're like nuclear family kind of like this big secret kind of blew up thing I think it's right. I think it's yeah I'm sure he feels like I don't know I would feel really great knowing that someone I wouldn't that like my biological dad's other kids wanted to get to know me mm-hmm. I think that's really yeah. sweet
6: Yeah. And from what he's told me, he's like, I don't know anything about like my dad's side of the family. I guess his grandfather, his mom's dad was like a father figure to him. So he's like, I never really had any interest in like reaching out to my biological dad because I've had everything that I ever needed. Yeah. He's like, but I didn't even, you know, someone said I had siblings, but I didn't know. He's like, I didn't even know his name. Like I didn't know anything about Mm. him. Wow. And so I've sent him, like, pictures of, you know, my grandparents who both passed away. But I've sent, i sent him pictures, me and my brother, um, some pictures of my dad when he was younger. Just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so sweet. I'm like, who does this happen to? This is so weird.
3: Dude, I mean, truly, I do think we, like, grow up and we get into, like, our, like, twenty like, our mid, late 20s or whatever. And we just start being like, oh, wow. Shit hits the fan. Like, yeah. there's just, like, everybody, like... The, the people who go on Maury and the people who go on Dr. Phil and all of that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, mm-hmm. I, fully, yeah. like I I have so many family situations now where I'm like, I could apply for one of those shows. I could 100%. <laughs> it's funny.
6: And, you know, I got married a couple of weeks ago and it was super small, like immediate family, only like five other people there. But still, even just like planning that, just in the stress of like getting married, I'm like, I cannot deal with this right now. Like, this is too much but it just kind of all blew like boiled over and i lost my shit and here we are (laughs) yeah well thank you for sharing thank you i i really appreciate you guys and i'm like well hopefully the today goes okay goes in our favor Mm -hmm. i'm shitting my pants i think we're good i really
5: am like i feel calm and i Want to bestow that on everyone else? Yeah, yeah. I would love I, to I feel I calm. To,
6: I need to know this Wisconsin, is so- like ninety-five
5: percent in Wisconsin and, Mich- and um To be fair, Michigan. I would I say I just vote. Well, I haven't opened ninety-five percent of the votes for Wisconsin and Michigan are in, and oh. Biden's ahead. So, like, we're good
3: okay there's yeah. the calm I get it now <laughs> yes. I literally just woke up and
6: I was like we're calm yeah what calm.
3: thank you yes. so much for um listening and calling in and giving us an update and um yeah. yeah and we we're wishing you the best and I hope you get you and your half brother I hope everything you guys could have like a great relationship hopefully your brother comes around and um you're you know your dad I mean he's holding himself accountable
6: in a mm-hmm. way well, but it is what it is so yeah. but I have Hey, you guys. Oh, thank we you. We appreciate you all for we listening. Really do. Yeah. Thank you. Hey,
7: Melissa. Basically, I have been best friends with this girl for the past um, eight years. And um, we're really close. We even lived together like my junior and senior year because I went to high school far away from my home and she lived right by there. So, like, we've been through a lot together. Um, the only really kind of overarching issue we've had in our friendship. Um, is that in my opinion, I feel like I have, there's been a lot of times where I feel like I'm kind of the only one putting effort into a friendship. Um, An example of this would be like when we FaceTime, I just feel like she's mostly talking about herself. And like, I just feel like I'm usually the one kind of putting more effort into our friendship. And honestly, like, I feel like sometimes she just takes me for granted um, because we've been friends for so long. And she's also one of those people that like has a ton of friends, but she's not really close to any of them, except like, you know, we were obviously close, but she just kind of, it's like a friend to all as a friend to none type of thing. (laughs) Like, I just feel like there's been a lot of times where she hasn't been a good friend to me. The most recent example of this was that um, she basically, like I had told her I was going through a hard time, feeling really lonely during quarantine um and just really isolated because you know I suffered from like depression and anxiety and um she was like oh like I'm totally here for you blah 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 and then like a couple of days later I asked her if she wanted to hang out because I had seen her a few weeks and um she said like yeah I'll let you know and then a couple of days beforehand she said she was busy and um like that's it. She didn't make an effort to reschedule or anything like that, which I thought was really weird. So I confronted her about it and we got into a bit of an argument. She became really defensive and kind of played the victim a little bit. Um, and then like a few days later she asked or like a week later, she asked me if I wanted to hang out, and I thought that was kind of weird because like we were fighting. And so I um you know, kind of brought it back up and then she, like, left me on red. I just brought up why I was hurt and she she left me on read. Um, please let me know if you think I'm overreacting or if just what I should do. Thank you, guys. I love the podcast.
3: This girl annoys me. Not the caller, the friend.
5: Yeah, I'm- I had a friend, like, this quote-unquote friend who anytime Mm -hmm. I got on the phone it was always about them them them. like they would start the conversation just like talking about them not taking a pause and say hey how are you doing just start and then I like when I it was like time for me to share they're like oh I gotta go bye Mm -hmm. like it was the same type of situation
3: yeah. And that's, I think that like this is a perf, not perfect, but like this is a combination of so many stuff that kind of like adds up to the same thing that like you're not overreacting. Like she is just a shitty friend. Mm-hmm. Because I think like there are sometimes like people, my biggest fucking fear. Which I've said this to my therapist, and she goes, "The fact that you're thinking about this means you're not doing this." Like I'm always worried I'm that person that I'm mm. like, I'm like a terrible friend, like I like don't listen to people enough and all of this kind of stuff. And like my therapist's like, "Well, no, no, that's 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 ang- that's you're just your anxiety aspect yeah. of it." But the fact that like then she leaves you on red. Then when you confront her about it, she plays the victim. Like it's not like a oh this isn't like a thing where there There are like other instances where, like, oh, she left you unread because, like she was like feeling really like anxious about something, uh, or she like bailed on you because she was like concerned about the pandemic, like but all of these add up together is the same character narrative that she is like your suspicions are saying she's not a good friend, and I think like we can really, really hold on to friendships from our younger years especially it sounds like you guys like really had like very much like bonding bonding like in high school i was just at senior year of high school mm-hmm. i think that's yeah um which like that's like a disney channel movie like live with your best friend senior year of high school like that would have been i mean i kind of did that with sydney just like unofficially um but you can be holding on to something for that that it's just not right. And I think because you recognize that this is kind of how she's always been, I think you've gotten really used to pulling your weight in this friendship, more than your weight in this friendship, like 90%. And it might not even be that anything's changing now. It just might be that like you're done doing that. Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of what your friendship has been and like what she's expected of you and like what you've been okay with doing. And that's okay. Like that doesn't mean anything bad about you at any at all i think like there are times when we care about people we want to be friends with people so we're willing to put in more than our share of the effort and then you get to a point where you're like okay i'm done with that now and like it sucks to see that like she's not you know she's not meeting you where you are now and like it's like if it's it's all on you if you want to maintain this friendship to kind of like maintain how it's always been but that's on her like that's not on you and i think she's probably always been like this and you just have grown up to a point where like maybe you're meeting other people and like or you just know that you you're you value other people more or you know that like you deserve friendships who are
5: better than this Mm -hmm. yeah i think i also think that there's just different levels to friendships so there's like your best friends that you can text All the time. Don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about that. That's like a group in itself. And then there's your friends that, you know, those are the ones that are around and they know things about your life and you go out with them. And then there's like associates. I would demote this girl down to associate where, you know, you like check in with them every now and then to see how they're doing. They're not like officially off the friend list because mm-hmm. they're still feelings from from like the past and so she's just somebody that you check in with every now and then and like if you're close to each other you might hang out you might not and it's not a big deal so that's where i would yeah put her. like
3: de- demote her to the kind of friend that like if you can only invite 10 people to your birthday she's not on the list yeah like have there be those tiers because there are like I used to say like you know your friends are like your sisters but then one of the levels that I always like would throw in there in between like friends and associates is target friends which just doesn't apply now but like friends that I would like go to target with like you're Mm -hmm. somebody who like I can like run air like we can go do this thing or we can go shopping together like we're not necessarily gonna like sit around and like hang out and talk about our lives like together at like our apartments fun
5: to do stuff with
3: yeah or like the friends that you have like when you think about it in the sense that like friends that are like your friends that you go out with like the friends that you like doing x y and z with and i think if she has been kind of you've considered her more of like a best friend than like any of those other sort of things and like she's not a friend that's ever really served a purpose Mm -hmm. i think she can just be like you know uh like you said like an associate or someone who like and even if you're not even like checking in with her like you're just seeing like you follow each other on social like you're still liking each other's pictures like you're seeing what she's up to and like responding to her story yeah but, that's like, what i mean
5: by checking in not yeah like- you're
3: not like putting forth the energy and the effort to be to take that friendship to any other level. Like, mm-hmm. I think you need to, like you said, demote it. So you're not trying to maintain what you've been doing before.
5: Yeah. Cause you're not getting anything out of it. She's getting everything and just like a leech sucking it all, sucking you dry. And so, yeah, like she's somebody that, like I said, that you care about, but not the best. And mental health wise, like when
3: you reach out to someone and like you're struggling and it in turn, leaves you with this like with this situation where you're like now I'm kind of like beefing with one of my friends like as a result of me like saying that I was really struggling with my mental health and all of that stuff that is like such a clear sign that you even if you're not aware of it you know that you need more from a friend and you she told you she can't I mean she showed you that she can't give that to you Mm -hmm. and when we're in like very like low dark sad places it can be really easy just to accept whatever we can get from people and that's not helpful when you're going through like rough mental health times because all that does is add additional stress and like worry and anxiety on you because you're putting like when you're low that's when your friends should be doing 80 percent and you're giving 20 Mm -hmm. but you can't be chasing after friendships and people to care for you when you're Really struggling, and anyone who's making you do that is only going to hurt you more in the long run. As somebody who's fucking been there, like find a fucking TV show that you love, and I—if you're not a part of our Facebook group, I would th- very much advise you to join that and like if talk you know to all the answers. Yeah. Um just listen to every episode and then you'll be able to join and know all the answers unless like you're also you're just a terrible person, <laughs> which is the first question. Um but um yeah, I just I think that this is like such a she's showing you your true colors now and like as Oprah says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Which
5: she took from Maya Angela. <laughs> she does say it all the time, but she considered Maya Angela like an aunt. So, like, she quotes her. So,
3: oh God, I'm dying <laughs> see this is my issue with not looking at pinteresty quotes no I've that's only, the thing I, is a
5: lot of people attribute it to oprah but it came from i've Maya just Angela. seen the
3: video clip of yeah. her saying that and yeah. i have like i, I haven't looked at it looked and at most it like people
5: don't yeah <laughs> i'm so sorry my
3: <laughs> oh, imagine that considering that you're on I, I would know. die but i would like, die oprah
5: too like consider that your niece like that's all a, of it it's like <laughs> How? Yep. How?
3: I'm I just want to add
5: that my Angelo is part of my sorority as well.
3: Dude, your your sorority is the most <laughs> fucking stacked thing <laughs> in the entire really world. Is. Like, <laughs> do you know? I've got, I think I have you've got Megan Sagar Mark- and you've
5: got Megan Markle
3: and Jamie Chung, who was actually part of my chapter. She went to my mm, school. Nice. Poor girl. Riverside, yeah. she graduated though, um, but yeah, no, yours is, yeah, so stacked, like, yeah, and you have the best cut, co- like you, yeah, you have the best color. you have the best <laughs> everything, <laughs> literally, uh, and you also have the best, like, like the it looks nice, do you like, what I mean? The uh, like shield, the A- A-
6: no, oh, the but, letters, AK. yeah,
3: yeah, and like it's just like it's just cute yeah mine's like two k's and then you're like oh what's next and thankfully
2: it's a gamma
6: but
3: like it's like you get a little stressed out
5: <sighs> okay um right. on the next one
3: yes let's move on to the next one
7: hi megan and melissa i've been concentrating calling for a while now but i've always been scared of what people will think of me and my relationship and i didn't feel ready for advice yet but I think I may find comfort knowing that I'm not alone and that it's okay to reach out for help. I'm also getting married in 20 days and I wanna see if anyone can relate to my situation. So for some background info, I grew up in a verbally abusive home with a helicopter parent. I was never allowed to see anyone. I was always in trouble and I never knew what my day-to-day situation would look like. Fast forward to now, I'm in a happy six year relationship with my fiance. He came into my life at the perfect time and has made me feel whole. Also, his family is like the family I never had. They're kind and supportive and love me unconditionally. Over the past year and a half though, me and my fiance have faced more struggles than ever before in our relationship. Almost half the time we feel like we're not connected which is a term we use for feeling like roommates. But in the last year and a half, we did buy a house, we get two dogs, we work full-time, and I run my own business on the side. So it doesn't worry me too much that we sometimes feel like that. What I'm more worried about is my anxiety being worse than ever before. Usually, it's something little, like him being on his phone too much, forgetting to the dishes, or just being in a weird mood that day, and I get really anxious. My brain is so quick to convince myself that he doesn't love me, care about me, or even sometimes that he's doing these things to hurt me, especially for things that we've had conversations about many times before. As the thoughts snowball in my head, eventually, uh, sorry, as the thoughts snowball in my head, eventually I will finally burst and just word vomit everything I'm feeling. And usually it's not pretty. Thankfully, he's kind and he's patient and he listens to me vent. But the problem is, is that sometimes I say things that really hurt him. Like, for instance, last night, I said that if I hadn't bought a wedding dress or told our family about our elopement, it would be so much easier for me to give up. But the problem is, is that I, like, after I, pour out my heart to him, I don't actually feel that way. Like, as I'm calling you now, I know that I love him so much. I know that he's my soulmate, and I want to spend forever with him. Um, so I just really, I wanted to see if anyone could relate to me. Um, I want to know if this gets any better, and if anyone, you know, is going through the same thing right now. Um, I'm a Sagittarius, and he's a Cancer.
3: Um, two. I mean, I have to say the first blanket thing. Um, I don't know if you're in therapy. You, I heavily, we heavily advise it to everybody, but I mm-hmm. heavily advise it for this specifically because this is one of those. If it's hysterical, it's historical kind of moments right. that like this is your past and this is your history and this is how you were raised and this is coming up in your relationship now and you're taking i think it's great that you're taking accountability and you're being like oh now that i i like i'm saying things that are like hurting him and now i don't believe that but like i said that in the moment um and i say this like not in like a an accusatory way but like yeah that is on you like that's not i think like couple's therapy would be like definitely be i i personally would say that would be great because like you can it can clue him in on what's going on I think like individual therapy is obviously fantastic but when something's really affecting your relationship with somebody it can be helpful to have someone who can hold you account like not hold you accountable but be there in the room too and kind of hear it from like a third party and understand more about what's happening and what's affecting your relationship and mm-hmm. like our couple therapists like her whole thing is she's like we uh she's like it's not just about like people who have like issues in it's not like oh something's happened in your relationship or you have an issue in your relationship it's like what's happening in your lives that's affecting your relationship like if anything's affecting your relationship with your partner she's like that's when you should be in couples therapy together like to talk about this because there's two active participants mm-hmm. excuse me in this um and I think that's really, really, really important because it's a learned behavior to kind of un-unteach yourselves these, unteach yourself these reactions and these sort of things. And knowing that you're hurting him unintentionally is something that, like, you is not sustainable. Like, it is something that, like, you need to address. And you're getting married very soon, but even in the interim. And something to practice in general, which is like, we have to filter when it comes to our partners. Like, there are times where like, if you are finding yourself that you are exploding and saying everything, and then you're not meaning it anymore afterwards... Write that down in a journal. Like he doesn't need to hear this. And in general, partners don't, if you just need to like air out your grievances and you're frustrated, but it's just like, it's such a blip on a moment thing and you're going to forget about it. He's not going to forget about it. Yeah. Those things like those words and the stuff that you say will continue to hurt. And then that same thing that you're talking about, like if he's in a weird mood, you're having anxiety about it and like thinking that he doesn't like love you anymore or whatever. And then you explode and you say all of these things that in turn just puts that on them. Like that just in turn puts it on him. And he's like, okay, well now I feel like she said exactly how she feels, which is this, but then I'm also supposed to, then she doesn't feel it anymore afterwards. Like are the same way that you're reading into his, like, like micro um expressions, or you're reading into like the things that he does and equating it to like what he means. When you say what you mean, and then expect somebody to be like, oh, no, no, like, don't worry. I don't feel that way anymore. That's that's really fucking hard. Like, that's really hard to hear that kind of stuff and then internalize it. Try and help your partner, like talk your partner through with it and then just pretend it never happened. Like right. that's and no matter how great of a dude that he is, like, that's just emotionally taxing. And there is yeah, no it's way to
5: keep weighing down on him and then he'll yeah. start you know um, believing it like believing as a fo- it like, and resenting you yeah yeah mm. so yeah I think therapy is the way to go and maybe like I mean you wrote out what you were saying to us maybe sitting down and writing out the emotions that you're feeling and then present that to him as well so that he knows where you are I mean you guys have been together for six years so um obviously like, you know, like you're, this isn't some short time relationship. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you've already like made a commitment to be together. Um, so in order for this to continue to be successful, then, um, you've got to be open and honest with him and work out your communication issues. And also I do want to say it feels like, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but like you're using his family as like a replacement family for yours, which is great. Like, I think that's awesome. But like, if this relationship isn't the relationship for you, don't feel like that you need to stay because of the family.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I, wholeheartedly agree. And I think um, there's like a great I don't even know if it's like a quote or like it's like a theory in psychology or something that like we choose partners um, and like friends and situations and stuff, but especially romantic partners um, that are versions of the people who have caused us trauma or the people who have caused us harm in our lives. And we 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 choose people that are the versions of them that pick us and mm-hmm. choose us. And it becomes like the ultimate like. And like once we end up with somebody, but like when you're trying to be like, that's like when the people talk about like, oh, someone who has like issues with their dad and they date people who are like their dad. Like there is this thing that like we go after what we know. And then the the biggest accomplishment, uh, again, like not like consciously is is dating somebody who is like our, yeah, the person who caused trauma, our abuser or whatever. And then they're picking us. Mm-hmm. And like, and we're, be, we're, we're being able to rewrite history. And- that's something that like is it it is just kind of like natural that we go after people who are similar to the people who we've known like we only we stay within what we know um but like you said like there has to be some recognition that if this isn't it it's not like a failure of Mm -hmm. anything else and like it just can also not be it and i will also say if this has come on like "Quote unquote," suddenly or relatively quickly, people have an have a hard time when something like happ- like comes on and like something's changed in relationship, but it's never been like this before. That like, okay, let's get through this, let's get over this. Like, I'm not going to go to therapy. Like this, if if it's how quickly it came on, is how quickly it's going to go away. That's mm-hmm. not true. If this is something that's been like boiling up for a long time, or even has just been like essentially like you getting married has been a trigger for all of this kind of stuff, like life doesn't really care that it came on fast it's not going to go as quickly as it came on at all and we have to treat these things like they're like they're, they're the big deals that they are and it is a big deal and if you guys want this to work out you have to put that you have to put that work in because if if you guys and this is what i my therapist always said to me like if i and this was like when me, me talking about like my own my individual therapist um she's like if you knew how to not be depressed you would be not be depressed right. if you knew how to like or even like when mons and i were like communication stuff like if you knew how to have better communication you would have better communication like you don't they're not it's not stored away in your brain just like eventually waiting for the day that it clicks. Like if you were able to do it, you would have been able to do it already. And there's nothing wrong with not having a fucking psychology degree and understanding that kind of stuff. Like it's not necessarily human nature. Like it's human nature to be reactive and to like to to be affected by our traumas and to bring that into our relationships and all of that kind of stuff. So it's not like a personal moral failure if you guys can't if like this can't be solved with just a conversation with him and like, Oh, I hopefully he'll get over these feelings afterwards. And like, I should be able to vent like without any sort of like repercussions afterwards or like lasting emotions from him. You have to acknowledge it as, okay, we're getting married and I don't like that. I do this and I can't stop doing, I keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And like, We need to find a better way to communicate this and we need to find a solution um, for this. And we don't have that. So we need to seek that from a professional who can help us do that. And I also therapy is the biggest fucking act of like, hi, I love you so much. I'm going to go pay somebody that we can spend. We'll sit and talk for a fucking hour together who has a fucking is a fucking psychology degree in this. So we can understand how our relationship can be better because I care about you that much. Mm -hmm. Mm Agree. So do it.
1: Yeah. Do it. Congratulations
3: on your marriage. I hope it's a very small wedding. (laughs) okay guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Today's
3: episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us Okay, guys, we
8: are back from our break and let's get into the rest of the calls. Hi, um, Megan and Melissa and probably not guests. So I don't even know where to start. Uh, this is weird, but I guess I'll just jump into it. Uh, my boyfriend and I have been dating for uh, almost five years and we went on a quarantine COVID vacation. Um, and on this, said vacation. um he told me that he has a certain fetish um and it's not you know and at first he was like I'm super into butts it's a butt fetish and I was like okay and he and then um a few minutes into the conversation he was like um but there's more so I'm really into farting (laughs) and I and I'm a really like non judgmental person and I held myself together and I stayed calm, cool and collected and I just kind of like asked inquiring questions like, what does that mean? And what does that entail? And he was like, Well, you know, I just like the smell of them and um I would like you to fart me and I And I just went, okay. Um, And he was like, what do you think of that? And I said, you know, don't, I don't think it's something you should be ashamed of. But in my head, I'm like, oh my God, please tell me this is a joke. Um, But it wasn't a joke. So then a few days later, um, he was like, so what are your thoughts now? So we had like a conversation where I was like, dude, I'm totally not into this. This isn't my thing. And then he felt really guilty and, and like, ashamed. And I was like, no, like, I don't want you to feel that way. You know, don't, you should never be afraid of your sexuality, or things that you're into. But anyway, like, what do I do with this? This is kind of, like, really interesting information I received after five years. Um, And I'm kind of uncomfortable with it. And also our sex lives have, have been dead for a while now. So there's that. Okay, any advice would
3: be awesome. Love the show. Thank you. Bye. As someone with IBS, all I hear when I hear this is fear. Like
8: <laughs> just,
5: just fear. That's like be a part sense. of his fetish too, though. Some people have scat fetishes.
3: Yeah, but I have the opposite. Like that's like I, I just. <laughs> oh my god yeah. um
5: yeah we're not here to kink shame anyone no? but we're here to help you work through um this um so I know as someone at, with IBS for you your this would freak you out but let's say that Motz was into something else that yeah you know something that you weren't like necessarily into but um he was so what would you do
3: I mean so the thing the overarching thing if we even take away like the specifics of it like a fetish is a fetish like a kink is a kink like there's no issue with it but we, like we always talk about like is it a deal breaker and i think it can be hard when something comes up five six years into a relationship because i think if i think what you're i don't want to like put feelings into like what i don't mean this is not what you're saying but this is how i have interpreted it. that like There then comes a part where you're like, okay, well, I'm not into this. I've told my partner I'm not into this. Their feelings are relatively hurt. And it seems like this is actually really important to them. And our sex life hasn't been great recently. So now I feel like that this actually might be a deal breaker and they're not saying that it's a deal breaker. And I kind of feel bamboozled in a way that this hasn't been a conversation we've had for all of these years. And now what's happening now because that's the thing. It's like, if it's a deal breaker, then it's a deal breaker. And then that's okay. And like, you should never do anything that you're uncomfortable with. And he should be with someone who can, like who who if, 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 who if fits what he needs and like fits what he needs in a relationship. And if he needs this in a relationship, then that's fine. Like that's on him. But I think you guys need to have an honest conversation about it because you should never feel guilt tripped into doing something that you're not comfortable doing. And he should never stay in a relationship that isn't, what he needs in a relationship and you guys can have had a great relationship and all of that kind of stuff but like i think like kinks and fetishes and all that like they can come at any time like we're always growing and changing and like especially when it comes to like sex stuff like there's so much like shame and secrecy relating to it there's a lot of times people like I I like I, like a lot of times that people don't even like realize that something's a thing, and then they see it and they're like, "Oh, I'm really into that," but mm-hmm. like I never knew. And like it's okay to have deal breakers that come six years into a relationship, five years in relationship. Like it's okay to have that because we're always growing and changing and like learning more, and that's okay. And I think have a conversation with him about it and let him know that like, if this is a deal breaker, like that's okay. Like that doesn't negate how great our relationship has been or anything like that, but you need what you need. And if you didn't know you needed this before, then like, that's okay. There is no like shame in that, but you guys just both have to be honest. And if it's not a deal breaker for him, then have a conversation about like, okay, well, I, I'm, this is something I'm not comfortable with and I'm not shaming you at all. But when you are so, overtly like upset and disappointed by this. Like I feel pressured into this and I'm not comfortable with that.
5: Yeah. And if you feel pressured, then that moves it from being consensual and non-consensual. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, just like you said, if it's a deal breaker, then, you know, this may not be the thing for you and uh, you move on. But I think the bigger issue here is not the kinks, but it's that your sex life is, non-existent yeah so before you even get into the kinks i would figure out why your sex life has been diminished Mm -hmm. um because i think that the kinks might add if you like you're like okay i can try farting on you um but if there's more of an underlining issue as to why your sex life has diminished. And that's what you need to figure out before introducing anything new into the relationship.
3: Yeah, because it might be like, oh, trying to salvage this mm-hmm. and thinking and doing something that you like is not your preferential, but like you're like, I'm OK with doing it. And then being like, oh, I did this like you did this for what? Like mm-hmm. I did this thinking that this was what our relationship needed yeah I think you need to straight up ask him and like say like is this what like is this a deal breaker for you our sex life has kind of been non-existent lately and is it because of this like is it related to this because at the end of the day too like it might not be at all and then he's Mm -hmm. like oh and and then you've been putting more of a weight on this as like this is the end all be all for your sex life and he's like no 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 it hasn't like I think we should try some other stuff blah 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 but It has nothing to do with this. And then I think you're able to see more clearly um, the steps that you guys can both take. Mm -hmm. And it is not like a compromise, but like there are two people in this relationship, like what one person needs is not your responsibility if you're not comfortable with it. It's not something that you want. And like, regardless of how much you love each other and how great your relationship has been, like there is a person for him. There's Mm -hmm. a person who fits, who checks all the boxes he needs to be checked. And there's a person who will check all of your boxes and not checking one box. If that's a really fucking important box, then it's a really fucking important box. And like it doesn't any of other like positive traits or other great things. Nothing can cancel those other things out. Like we have a list of things we need from somebody. And if they have like extra of one or they've got like but all of these other great things but they don't check one they don't cancel each other out mm-hmm. and that can be really hard to process and deal with um and like we say all the time like sometimes like loving somebody's just not enough like it's it, it has to be like the right fit and even if something's not necessarily that important to you and like it is the right fit in your eyes it has to be mutual mm-hmm. but yeah I think you just got to have a real serious conversation. I applaud you for, like, immediately, like, your first reaction to him in that conversation being, like, not about to kink shame me, like, all of that stuff. I think that's great because, like, and it shows how much that he how great your relationship is and how much he trusts you to say those things to you and like be super honest and forthcoming. And it's so nice. It's I'm sure for him, it was really great to hear that. Like it was probably nerve wracking in general just to say it, but to know that like your girlfriend immediately is like supporting you and being like, not here to like your, yeah, I, I think that it, it, it shows how great your, um, yeah, how great your relationship is and how considerate you are. Um, oh, I don't want to applaud a fish for swimming, but in the sense that like, yeah, just how, how comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, you guys just have to have one of those really honest conversations. That's uncomfortable. That's like, Mm -hmm. and I think the thing that's the most important when you have these conversations is before you dive into it, just like saying, I love you unconditionally. I love you so much. And I, there is nothing you're going to say in this that I need you to be honest with me. And the only time that you're going to hurt me in this is if you're not honest. Mm -hmm. And if honestly, this is a deal breaker, that's okay. Like, it's so okay. I just need you to say how you feel. I'm not going to hold it against you. Like, all I want from this is 100% honesty and you're not going to hurt like that. It's not going to hurt me. You don't need to protect me in this conversation by like withholding any sort of information. Like I just need you to be super transparent and super honest and know that regardless of anything that you say, like I care about you and I love you. And I, I want this conversation to, 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 I, we need this conversation. I'm not trying to fix us with this conversation. I'm just trying to understand what this conversation and then from there, we'll make choices and decisions. Mm-hmm. But like when you can really stress ahead of a conversation that like, because a lot of time, people, we try and protect other people. We filter what we're saying to try and protect other people, f- people's reactions. And we don't know their reactions. And when you can just ask for honesty and a g- promise that, like, you're not trying to trap somebody in a conversation or anything like that, like, that honesty will be able... You guys can make the decisions from there. Yeah. All right. Stressful.
5: But best of luck. Would love an update with this. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of that, guys, um, still call in with your updates because that's how I know that you want to update and you need an update in order for us to call you back. So still call in.
4: Hi, Melissa and Megan. I'm calling in because I need your perspective on a situation I'm dealing with in my relationship currently. And I feel like I can't ask my friends or anyone else just because I'm really embarrassed all around and don't know what to think. Little background, I've been dating my boyfriend for many years, around three we met in college and now live together post-grad. For reference, I'm an Aquarius and my boyfriend is a Scorpio, which we love. And the other day I was on his computer picking out an Airbnb for his birthday coming up. And I wanted to sign into my email to send a link of a place that I liked. And here's where it gets messy. His email was already pulled up. I'm not one to snoop, but I saw an email that came up in the chain with the title flirt.com. Naturally, I was like, what the hell? And searching in the bar this email. What I found was an account that he made on a sketchy kind of dating site where he can match with local people to chat or text or whatever. (laughs) The part that sucked was I noticed he put in preferences looking for females between the age of 18 to 21. Mind you, we're currently at the age of 23 and 24. Another important piece of information was that he activated this account last summer then ended it a couple of months later. So it's not currently active, but the fact it ever was in the first place makes me mad. Um, I was immediately hurt and naturally an Aquarius, I tend to bottle up my emotions and have a hard time discussing them. Uh, eventually, my boyfriend noticed I was acting weird and just uncomfortable, and eventually I just exploded, confronting him on the account. He tried to play it off that he thought it was a porn site. I am nothing against porn. I watch it myself, but this site made me really nervous because it was obvious to me that it was a way to meet local people, which is different in my eyes than watching a stranger on a porn site that you don't even interact with. Since we've had that conversation, I've just lost all trust, really, which sucks because I want to trust him. And more importantly, I, I've lost some of myself worth thinking I'm not enough that, like, why does he have to go talk to other people are interested in, in younger women? Like, are they prettier than me? I don't know. Basically, I just need to hear your opinion and, and what does it mean? Um, that a boyfriend, you knows interested in sites like this. And, and i I'm, I'm, am I being stupid for wanting to be with him still, even though mentally I'm just really struggling? Um, would love to hear your advice. I, I just feel like I can't talk to anyone else and just need to talk it out. Thanks, guys. Bye. She said
3: flirt.com, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Literally the homepage. Discover one of the best online dating sites for singles. Find singles in your area. Find your perfect match. Endless opportunities, meet singles, chat online, casual date, personal ads. Why is this site
5: so white?
3: <laughs> Dude, I literally was just I was like th- this looks like a fake site from a TV show. Yeah. Like this looks like a pro- like someone made this.
5: Even like scroll down to the bottom where it says how to flirt online with a guy and there's a man pointing his finger and then a girl has her hand up like no guy. It's like <laughs> did you grab your friends one day and you guys just went out and shot the pictures for that? Or like, these are are stock stock images.
3: images. I mean, look at the gay singles one. (laughs) They're just like, they, it is the most stock image, like eating a coffee and a croissant. Hello. Or the, the lesbians on a hike. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh my God. (sighs) Wow. Okay. Here's the thing. You can want to work something out, but like, he's not being honest with you. And like, if he was like, yeah, OK, I joined this dating site, blah, blah, blah. But like he's the reason why you're feeling I mean, there's I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but like you're feeling so like fucking conflicted. And I think part of the reason why you like want to work it out is because he hasn't given you all of the truth. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't told you everything. And so I think the reason why you want to work it out is not necessarily because you want to work it out is because you don't know everything. You can't make a decision unless you know the truth and he tells you the truth. And so sticking around and working it out means that you can get that information and then decide from there if you want to work it out. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm someone who, like I said, like I have to leave no stone unturned. Like I need to know fucking everything before I make a decision. And he needs to be honest with you and forthcoming with you. And
5: like, he's lying <laughs> like he's, he's just lying and like if he like just signed up for this site because he thought it was a porn which is a li- lot which a lie. like there's no way he signed up for the site and thought it was porn um he still is getting the emails so Oh, if he yeah. deactivated, why didn't he unsubscribe from the emails? He's still getting notifications from this site, even if he made it a year ago. You guys have been together for three years. Mm-hmm. It's not adding up. He's lying. Yep. And, and, and I, w- I would also go back <laughs> further in his emails and see if he's opened them. Like, <gasps> are they left unread or has he opened the emails? Well, you know what I would also do,
3: I would sit with him and say, Okay, let's log into this account. Mm -hmm. Let's see what this was. Let's see who you talk to. Let's see what you who you message. Like, let's see this. Like I I would like to see. Mm -hmm. And I think this is also like grounds for like, okay, cool. Let me let me look through your phone. Let me look through the rest of your emails. Like, let me see all of this stuff. Because like at the end of the day, if when we do something that can be like interpreted wrong or is like suspicious or anything like that, like there's proof. Like we know when we make choices or say something that like, oh, this could look bad, we we, we like we we say it. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like we like we cover our bases and it's like, oh, um, heads up, this happened, this happened, or whatever. Or like there would just be proof of it and like the immediate reaction if you are not guilty for something that like looks bad, it's like, oh God, I'm so sorry. I totally see how this like looks super bad. Like, but no, if he's if it looks bad, it's bad, and if there is an explanation that makes sense, it will make sense to you. Mm-hmm. It won't just make sense to him. You listening to it would be like, "Oh, okay. That yep, that fully makes sense. Like that fully I get that now." He's playing on the fact that you think that he this is harsh. He's betting on the fact that you think he's a better guy than he is yeah. and that you are going to choose to believe what he's saying with all of the evidence pointing in a different direction. And that's insulting. Mm-hmm. Like that's so insulting to have your partner be manipulating you to think that way or also thinking you're stupid enough to, to ignore all of the signs and all of the evidence and just believe them on their word. And then if he's good at that, that's fucking terrifying because yeah. then this is not the fucking first thing it's that not he's done. F- uh,
5: yeah. This is not the first time at all.
3: Mm -mm. And I would also, like, be in that fucking email, look at this stuff. And, like, this is such an obscure fucking site. Like, look at every every single other, like, Tinder, Bumble. Like, look at anything else. And then look at all the other fucking, like, obscure ones. Because he didn't go on Tinder. He went on a place where he knew he wasn't going to see any of your fucking friends. Like, see anyone who would, like... It was thought out to pick a fucking random as shit. Clearly, again... It was Dating either site. thought
5: out or this it looks like one of the sites, like if you're on a porn site that they advertise on the side. Oh, it
3: does look like a pop it could like I could see yeah. the pop up now. No, it's true. Like there's and also he's canceled it what? She said three months later, a month later?
5: Some sometime around there after. He, but it's still with was in two months of their relationship and why is he still getting the emails?
3: Yeah. And And also if you immediately saw that, Mm -hmm. like and you're like, oh, this is not that's the thing, like if you click on it, it's not porn. And you see that it's not porn, and then you're like, oh, okay, no. Like, this isn't something you would have to sign up and make an account to see. Oh, surprise, guess what? It's not porn. Yeah. It's actually just dating. And that's what everything fucking says. It's like, it's about dating. But um look through And and if he's like shady and it's like, doesn't want you to look through all of his stuff because he should want you to, he should want you to look through everything to be like, yeah, no, look, there's absolutely nothing here. Like, which I'm going to level with you. If there's nothing there, it's because he deleted it. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't buy this at all. But if he's getting defensive and protective over his own privacy in this kind of situation. That like that's because there is something to hide but like Mm -hmm. i would look at bank statements i would look at like venmo i would look at uber like i would look at like from that time period i would look at all of that kind of stuff to see like i just do not fucking foresee this being the one and only time he did there's no way this and he's not being honest with you now about like the situation like and also like Okay, let's say he was having like he wasn't sure what he wanted in the relationship. And he was like, or he was going through something on his own and was just like, yeah, I made a fucking stupid mistake. I made an account realized how ridiculous I was being and how I didn't want to jeopardize our relationship. And I've been embarrassed. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's your fucking apology, sir. I mean, you have to say sorry, too. And then be like, and I understand if we can't move forward from this. And I totally respect that decision. And I am internally regretful for the mistakes that I have made. And you have every right to break up with me. There you go. But like the idea that it's like, no, it's just porn. Like, sir, do you think I'm stupid? And I hate that he's doing that because you're even fucking calling in saying, am I overreacting? He's getting to you. And like, you don't feel like you have people you can talk to about this, and like you don't feel like you have, yeah, a support system or like friends that you can candidly talk about this. Like, if you are doubting yourself so much in this situation, when it comes to what we're seeing clearly as presented, like the fucking facts, either you have had stuff in your past that's made you like this, and he is preying on that, or he's he's been in your head for so long that like he's been playing mind games that you can't trust yourself and you can't trust your judgment already so it's either it's either one either he's taking advantage of the fact that that's already something that you struggle with from previous relationships or previous people in your life in general or he's put that in you mm-hmm. agree this is trash yeah
5: he's lying he is lying he is lying search his phone he is lying all right it's time for don't blame them okay what is it from uh it's actually a response to several calls that we've had oh okay no at all <laughs> so you're <being> like, Here <laughs> no it's go. like one topic but like <laughs> yeah, several calls i'm sure yeah hi megan and
2: melissa and anybody else who's listening to this um i am calling as a don't blame them for a bunch of episodes Um, that I've heard where you guys talk about um, SSRIs and different medications for um, depression and anxiety and, you know, bipolar disorder and all of that, Um, and specifically how they affect uh, your sex life, sex drive, um, and the physiology of that. So uh, I'm 27, and I've been on um, some sort of medication for my major depressive disorder for about 11 years since I was 16. Um, I I've pretty much tried all of them in different ways. I've got the best psychiatrist um, that I trust and who talks to my psychologist and all of that. It's great. Um, but I wanted to suggest a book and um, a tip for anybody who is experiencing sexual side effects to um, taking a medication like that. First off, the book recommendation and the reason that um, I solved the problem for myself. Um, There's a book that's literally called Moody Bitches, The Truth About the Drugs You're Taking, the Sleep You're Missing, the Sex You're Not Having, and What's Really Making You Crazy. The author is Julie Holland, and it's wonderful. She explains the physiology of SSRIs and hormones and uh, libido and everything like that. Um, and because I read her book, I actually got the courage to, um, ask my psychiatrist one time, um, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, um, if there was a way to fix the problem, because I had never or had an orgasm before. Um, I just assumed that I couldn't because I had the, um, you know, I was on the medication and, um, he didn't even bat an eyelash and said, yeah, you know, there's, you know, this medication, and I'm not going to say it because I'm not a doctor, um, and don't want to, you know, put any ideas in somebody's head, but, um, I just wanted to tell your listeners that have worried about that stuff in the past that it is fixable. Um, and I was worried about it being awkward, but it really was not. Um, and honestly, I felt super empowered and still do every time I take it. Um, so yeah, just a little tip, um, book recommendation and success story of therapy and a good psychiatrist. Thank you.
3: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I just want to say thank you. I so appreciate you not, um, saying the medication Mm -hmm. just thank you. That's, uh, I think we, we can get into a habit a lot. People who uh, are on medications or who, you know, anything in general. That's, I mean, that's one of the things that, like, w- I'm deleting in the Facebook group fucking constantly is people talking about, like, specific brands of birth control and all of that kind of stuff. I'm like, guys, we're not doctors. Yeah, We can't be giving out specific information or our own and, personal Yeah, and actual doctors anecdotes.
5: wouldn't share anything either unless you're their actual patient. So
3: mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just... Not there's cool. a and also there's so much like fear when it comes to medical stuff and because like there's just like they're fucking years and years and years of college. Like there's an education that we just do not understand. And it's human instinct and human nature to kind of want to prevent other people from having the same experiences that we've had, or to like demystify the meaning of it and all of that kind of stuff. But there's a reason why we don't get it. There's mm-hmm. a reason why we don't understand everything immediately. It's because there are people who go to school for all of these years. And, um, those, every body works different. And like, that's, that's why it's, and I've said it so many times, I think I've said it on here before, but like, especially when it comes like birth control, like my first gynecologist, she was like, I don't want you to look up any side effects of any birth control because all they're going to do is freak you out. And like, Mm -hmm. most of the time, all it's probably going to do is like, you're not going to be able to understand that like these side effects that you think that you're having, that is from the birth control can be from something completely and entirely different. And then we're not addressing that. And that's what we should be addressing because like what you see as a side effect of this birth control is actually, you're not reading all you're not understanding all the studies behind it, that that side effect is only apparent in people who are like over 45 or something like that. But then you're seeing that. And then we're not addressing the fact that you're having something completely unrelated and we're putting it all on one medication Mm -hmm. and how she said she had like, she's has many identical twins who are on completely different birth controls because their bodies metabolize them fully differently. And it's so important to, Have a doctor that you trust, a psychiatrist that you trust, especially. Um, And I think like this is I've never even knew books. They—they There was a book about this, which I think is so great because it does. Like she said, like it empowers you with the confidence to then talk to your doctor about it. And I'm assuming this book is also written by a doctor. (laughs) Like there is something about uh, understanding the science of it in a way that is meant for you to understand it do what i mean like as opposed to when you google something or you like look up like you're seeing like reviews of medications or people talking about their own like anecdotal personal experiences with this but it's it's so personal versus when something's like this it's written for you to understand the meaning and the science behind everything which then you can apply to your real life with the help of your doctor which i think is great me too but i love it moody bitches (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah, thank you so much for that. That's like yeah, I think this is very illuminating. I think it's probably one of the most common things we talk about. Um well, thank you for that. I think that's it for our episode. And that is it. Well, guys, um we hope you enjoyed. If you want to call in for an upcoming one, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976 and international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast@gmail.com. At And, uh, please keep it under three minutes long over 18 or have your parents permission to call in. If you want to watch the video version, we are over on Patreon. If you want to just support our Patreon, we do live streams there twice a month. It's really fun. And, uh, it helps us continue to do this show that you're listening to right now. Um, if you want to listen ad free, Stitcher, Premium, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Can't tell you to vote anymore, but.
5: Hopefully we if, have results right now.
3: Yeah, and if you're in env- any other country where elections are happening, vote. Um, and say uh, have some positive thoughts for the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Keep us in your uh, thoughts and, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts Did you say prayers? I thought you said I've
5: been saying Thoughts
3: and I've been saying thoughts and players, like thoughts with an O, like S- Got it. You know, I'm spelling it out. That hoe over there. <laughs> that hoe over there in players. Um, anything else? That's anything it. you want to add? Nope. I'm good. No? Yeah. Okay, guys. I'm going to go take my morning poop. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts, edited by Katrina Henning, and music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.